ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Davis, the Omega Man. I woke up and thought it was Sunday. And then I realized, I realized wait a minute, I got to do a show. One minute until showtime. Of course, we're doing our shows every day, like we did today, uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern until we finish. We had three great programs for you this morning, and we're bringing back the 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to try to go full, full force with 8 p.m. beginning next week. But this week we have two programs in the 8 p.m. hour, so we're going to have Hank Groover on here in just a moment. And then Friday, and every Friday, we're going to have Evangelist Victor Mrabling on, followed by the Demon Hotline. So he'll be bringing the word that will be opening up the phone lines for anybody who needs deliverance or prayer. We kicked that off last week, and we're going to continue that this week. Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern, mark your calendars. Okay, so the broadcast that we're doing live, we also upload into archives pretty Your quick. show will go live in five seconds. Check them Four, out. Podbean. Three, two, and other platforms. One. Blog Talk Radio. You can find those at omegamanradio.com. If you don't remember anything else, remember my website. Best viewed from a computer. Omegamanradio.com. There you are. You'll find everything that you're looking for there. All right, let's get Brother Hank on. Stand by. We're dialing. If you're here for the first time, we're glad to have you. Greetings, Brother. Brother Hank, greetings, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Brother. My friend, it's an honor to have you back on. Do you want to open us in prayer? Yes, hallelujah. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We just uh, want to glorify your name and lift you up and exalt you this evening, Lord, as we testify about the, the things you are doing. Lord, we just and in awe of everything you're doing. We're grateful to be a part of it. And Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit to speak tonight and minister to the hearts of the, the listeners. And may you just invade our lives and take complete control. We, we yield the reins to you, Holy Spirit. We'd have it no other way. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I say amen to that. Folks, if you missed the last broadcast, um, you missed a great program. 
it's been some months since we've had the honor of having Brother Hank on. He was on the road, and we were off here at our normal time slot. But he's back, and we're back. And uh, last program, he was talking about prayer walking over at the, I believe it's called the Yabuchi uh, Caves of Okinawa. And that was only one of the places that you visited. Where do you want to take us tonight, Hank? Yeah, so um want to continue with the, the mighty things God did in um, Doug and my life back in April of this year when we went to uh, Japan and we were in Okinawa for the first leg of the trip and then the mainland for the remainder of it. And God just did some awesome miracles. Um, it was the first time I was back in Japan. Okinawa in 15 years, and it was, um, I think, about four years for Doug. He had gone with my dad nine previous trips and um, went with my dad uh, the last trip to Japan in January of 2019, I believe it was, um, in that time frame. So, yeah, we just want to testify of what we had the privilege of seeing and experiencing while we were in japan fantastic uh take it away my friend you got all the time you want hallelujah so praise god it was um i left off last time with um the testimony of the the um two-step adder island as we call it or snake island and we're Everybody was just in such awe of what God did and opening the door to visit that island and get the pictures and videos. And I saw that you posted that and you posted a picture of the um, one of the altars in the cave with Doug's foot on it. So I thank you for that, brother. That is wonderful to see and gives people kind of a picture of what we're talking about when we are over there uh, you doing know, the spiritual uh, warfare. Let me tack this on. You sent me some other really cool photos, and I was looking through them, Brother Hank, and I could see where you had mentioned um, there were parts of the cave that had been blocked off. And I think yes. um, there was an inner sanctum or something way down deep somewhere in this cave that had a, a massive uh, clamshell altar as well. That is correct. That is correct. My dad made it down there in the probably 2008 or 2006 range and uh i believe that area is closed off and that altar is done for shut down in the name of jesus folks this is awesome amen and uh by the way yes you don't have to worry about two-step adders anymore what do they got on that island <laughs> that's right it's neko island now it's a bunch full of a bunch of kitty cats <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, no more I was on YouTube this week looking at some of the Japanese channels, uh, where channels where people mm-hmm. go over to Japan and they film. And uh, I was thinking of you because uh, you told, tell, told us last time about how God replaced the adders, and now they got cats. And I saw another island, and they've got all these huge uh, bunny rabbits. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, everywhere. Don't worry about snakes now. The Lord took them out. Now you got cats and bunny rabbits. Back to you. (laughs) Praise God. Yes. Yeah, it is amazing what God will do if we just are sensitive to his voice and obey what he's speaking to us. And it's, it's not for only the generals of the faith. It is for those who are obedient and have a desire to walk with the Lord. 
He will lead you. He will um, guide you into these areas. And and a lot of times as believers, we think, oh, I, I just can't do that, you know. And, and you're right. You can't do that. <laughs> but God can. And he can use anyone. He will use anyone that's willing. So, yeah, be encouraged with these testimonies that you hear um, from us and then that you hear from my dad because it is possible for just the, you know, the average Christian to experience these. And God desires for his people to do exploits. He desires his people to be witnesses for him. And when we're a witness for him, we are we are witnessing, we are testifying of what we have seen and what we have seen God do. And it is such an honor. It is truly an honor. And if you desire, if you have that desire, just remember, he who's faithful in little, God will give more. So you do need to be faithful in little things. Start walking with God around your community, your neighborhood, your home, um, your different cities, and let him lead you. He will speak with you. He will talk with you. He will commune with you. And it's just, it is amazing what he wants to do through his church. So be encouraged. And we're going to share um, a handful of other testimonies that God allowed us to be a part of. And once again, I, I, I can't express how honored I am to be a part of these, to be a part of God's kingdom work. And he desires his children to be excited, to share what they've witnessed. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like the parable of, you know, if you find that, that pearl of great value, do you go run and hide it? No, you take it. You, you sell everything you have to buy that land. When you find that pearl of great value, I mean, this is something that you, you're proud of, you show off and, and God's, work in our lives is something we must be proud of. We must show it off. We must boast of it in Him. We're not boasting of our own power, but we're boasting of His power and His might. And there, there's nothing stronger than the power of your testimony. It is how we overcome. And we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So be encouraged and don't think that you know these things are, are are too extreme for you. God desires it for each of his family, each of his, his children. So um, I, I shared a little bit last time about how it almost seemed like all the doors were, were closing in Japan and it, there wasn't much opening up. And it, it came to the point where I was just like, okay, God, you've given me the desire to carry on the ministry. You've given me the desire to continue the work in Japan. But if it's, New doors, praise God. I'm okay with that. I, I do feel, you know, an honor and a privilege to be able to minister in churches that my parents ministered in for, you know, the last 10 to 20 plus years. I, I feel honored, greatly honored to do that. And there's an amazing connection with these pastors that have known my parents for over half my life. So, but... If that's something that is, there's a new season and you're going to open new doors, so be it. I will go until this desire is gone or every single door is shut in my face. And so I, I had that attitude as I was preparing for this last trip. And um, I, I shared with how Tex 
reached out to me and how he had been going around to different prefectures of Japan, the small islands, the indigenous people, and and going to these little churches. And he kept hearing my dad's name, and he never knew of my dad. And he went and researched Henry Gruber and and found out Akira Mori was my dad's interpreter. So he um, got a hold of Akira and, and got some training. And then Tex reached out to me. And once Tex reached out to me and we got the, on the schedule that we could go to your own island, um, the rest of the schedule just fell right into place. It was so beautiful. So before that all happened, I, I got another message from a lady on Facebook. And um, Kathy is her name, Jack and Kathy Garrett. They've been missionaries in Japan since the mid-70s, I believe. Jack was um, born in Japan and his dad and mom were missionaries there even during World War II when it um, was going on. And they they made it out and got back to America, but um, he went back after the war and and taught in a university and, and did some other things. So Jack has been in, in Japan most of his life. His wife, Kathy, has been with him for um, all of their marriage, and they raised two daughters in Japan. So Kathy reaches out to me, and um, she saw that I was going to be in Japan, and she said, I'd love for you to come visit our church. We are um, in Omura, Japan, which is near Nagasaki. And I'm like, okay, um, let me pray about it and, and see what the Lord wants to do. And so I felt a leading that, yeah, let's – Let's go there after Okinawa. And so I'm, I'm talking with her a little bit more. And, and when people reach out to me, I just have this assumption that they've known my dad. If it's in Japan and their pastors, he's preached at their church many times. Um, and they've, they've known him for, for many, many years. So as I'm talking with Kathy through um, a messenger app, I'm just assuming that you know, she's met my dad and, and all these other things, and he's been at their church and, and whatnot. And so a few weeks go by, and we we arrange a, a phone call, a video call. And so we're on the video call, and I say, so when was the first time you met my dad? And, and when was he at your church last? And she says, well, he's he's been to our church once, but he's never preached at our church. I'm like, really? Okay, this is getting interesting. And then she tells, shares this powerful, powerful testimony with me. It just blew me off my feet. It was so amazing. So I start talking with Kathy. I'm like, okay, so my dad's never preached at your church. That's very interesting. She's like, yes, um, and that's why we wanted you to come to teach us prayer walking. We know we need prayer walking. We know it's a, a missing key in our region. Um, in in their area, Nagasaki, it's the birthplace of Christianity in Japan. So 500 years ago, missionaries from, I believe, Spain or Portugal came over and they, they um, converted a handful of people and it grew. So there was, I believe, a 100,000 Christians over 100,000 Christians in that area of Japan. And so keep in mind, this is Nagasaki, okay? Nagasaki is the second place we dropped an atomic bomb. 
So 500 years ago, Christianity is spreading. But, and there was actually a, um, a feudal lord, which is a samurai warrior. He was a Christian, one of the only Christians that they know of in all the history of Japan. And so this man was a Christian, and he was very favorable to Christianity. And while he was reigning, it was okay to be a Christian. But I believe he passed away, and then the uh, feudal lords, the samurai warriors that rose up in his place or sometime around his his passing felt that Christianity made people weak. And they, they thought that the Westerners were bringing Christianity in to make people weak and then to come in and conquer them. So they began to persecute the Christians. And they persecuted Christianity just to the to the maximum ninth degree. And it is estimated they they martyred over two hundred and fifty thousand Christians in Japan during that period. Two hundred and fifty thousand. In Jack and Kathy's area alone, um, they have a spot that is within a few miles from their church. And this is a very interesting spot. One hundred and thirty Christians were beheaded on the grounds there some five hundred years ago. So we walk and pray that area, and there's just no life there. I mean, the ground is just dead. And they have a nice monument to the to the martyrs and everything. It's a very surreal area. But 130 Christians beheaded for their, their faith right there, and they, they actually sent them on a death march. And I don't know how many died during the march. It was a, a, a very long march. This is very interesting. Less than... I think three blocks from that spot, they took us to a monument. And the monument was to the first person who sacrificed their life as a kamikaze pilot. He was, I believe, born in that area. So they have this massive monument to the first kamikaze pilot that committed suicide, Harry Carey, in World War II. I don't believe that's a coincidence. The blood, guiltiness in the ground, it, it reaps wickedness. It, it, it breeds wickedness. And when it's not taken care of, when it's not dealt with, when it's not atoned for, it just all sorts of wicked things happen in the ground. Murder, um, rapes, just wicked things that the enemy um is, is his M.O., kill, steal, and destroy. So we, we walked and prayed that area, Doug and I, and then went to the kamikaze site and walked and prayed that area. So they took us to their church, and um, we had some more fellowship with them. But I'm going to rewind here. So back to before the trip, I'm talking with Kathy on the video call. And Kathy... Um, I, I say, so, you know, when was my dad at your, your church last? And um, she said, well, he, he, he was there once, but that was well over 20 years ago. She thought it was in the year 2000. Um, and she says, here's what happened. It was very interesting. So Kathy had an out-of-body death experience. In 1976 or 77, I believe it was. 
So Kathy was um, out in the garden. She was doing some work. She used short breath. She went inside to, to lay down. And all of a sudden, um, she's hovering over her body. So it was early in 1975. She was hanging laundry on the line. She began to have chest pain. She called out to her husband, Jack. He came and helped her into the house to lie down. He went out to finish hanging the laundry. As she was lying on the bed trying to breathe without um, chest pains, with the chest pains, she suddenly realized that she was hovering over her body. From above it, looking down on myself, struggling to breathe. Then I was suddenly rushing out of the room as if flying. My feet did not touch the ground. I did not know where I was going. I didn't think about it being strange. I was aware of going through a dark tunnel at extraordinary speed, rushing towards a bright light and calm that was calling out to me. I know I knew that this bright light was surrounding Christ. He called out to me and said, "Come." He held open his arms to welcome me. He was as dazzling bright light clothed in light. I experienced great peace, awesome beauty, and nature singing audibly. Flowers, trees, grass singing audibly all around me. The colors were so brilliant and so many more than I knew on earth. The music was breathtaking, with flowers, grass, trees, rocks, all singing along in perfect harmony. I also heard and recognized the voice of someone I loved, which was Jack's father, who had recently passed away. He was speaking to me at that time. He said, are you really ready to come? Christ spoke, come. Jack's father said, the girls and Jack still need you very much. Kathy said, I hesitated. Christ spoke spoke softly, come. I looked back towards the dark tunnel, and Jesus said to me, the choice is yours this time. I knew that I could do either, go to Christ or go back through the tunnel. Then I became aware of another voice calling my name, Kathy, Kathy. I turned to that voice to see who it was. It was my husband, Jack, calling my name. Suddenly, I opened my eyes. I looked into his tearful face. It was only a few days later that I knew what had happened. As I shared my dream, in parentheses, with Jack and a prayer friend, Lenny, they both began to cry and say, don't you know what happened? I said, what do you mean? My husband, Jack, said, you died. He had come in and found me lifeless on the bed and cried out to me. So she has this out-of-body experience in 1975. My dad had the same out-of-body experience in 1984. So like nine years later, Father's Day 1984 in the car accident. And so she has this experience, but she doesn't speak about it for many years. She didn't speak about it until I think she said um, sometime in the late 90s. And so she, um, so my dad, he, he started working the islands of Japan. Okay, this is, um, he started in 1995. And I believe sometime in the late 90s, this is how the testimony unfolds. And it's just, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe of God. So there's a possibility I was with my dad. My mom and I were with my dad when this happened. But what what Kathy remembers is um, my dad, he felt the, the, the calling to walk and pray in 
um, the Nagasaki area where they lived. Okay, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you're going to walk and pray this area. But he didn't have it on the schedule. He only had one day available that he could get fly in and out and do what he felt the Lord was calling him to do. So it was just him who went, okay? And I'm not even sure if his interpreter went with him. It's possible his interpreter didn't go with him, but just set up some connections for him. So he, I believe he flew into the Nagasaki area. He um, did his prayer walking. And then, from what I understand, Kathy's husband, Jack, picked him up and was going to take him back to the airport. So he gets done walking and praying. He meets up with Jack, and Jack says, will you um, come to my church and and pray over my church? So my dad had enough time before his flight. So he takes him to the church. Now, my dad had received a word from the Lord, and the Lord said, you're going to pray for a lady, but you'll know who you're going to pray for when she says these certain words. Okay, (laughs) and so my dad is taken by Jack to the church. He's done walking and praying in the area. He's got a little bit of time before he has to catch his flight back to meet up with us. All right, so he's at the church, and he's walking and praying the the land kind of that borders the church property. So Kathy sees him out there um, walking and praying. And she doesn't want to really disturb him. But my dad's um, noticing the, the beautiful flowers and things. And, and I can see him, you know, smelling them and just thanking God for them. But she says something along the lines of, let me find it in her um, testimony here. And if you're just joining us, we are live with Hank Groover. Back to you, my friend. Yes. So she is walking outside, and my dad says, this garden is beautiful, but there is another garden that is breathtaking. So my dad says that, and Kathy says this. She says, yes, and the colors are so brilliant. My dad turned around and looked at her, and he said with a big smile on his face, you've been there too. I said, yes, and the music was so beautiful, the flowers and the grass. And he said, the trees and the rocks are so beautiful, and they all cry out. And that was the the words that the Holy Spirit said, this is the lady you're supposed to pray for. Those are the words you're going to hear. So that was his assignment through the Holy Spirit. And when she said those words, it it just sealed in his heart. So he prays for her. He stopped walking and said, God told me to come here and pray for you. So they they went into the church and they they prayed for, for Kathy, okay? And it was a powerful time. But my dad never made it back to their church. And that was like 23 years ago. That had to be in the early 2000s. So he has this powerful appointment. Kathy has, because she, she's been suffering a lot of just different things in her body. And so for God, the Holy Spirit just to light it up like that was so beautiful. 
But here's where the testimony gets even more amazing. What God does is just so powerful. So my dad leaves. He goes back, and he continues his schedule. But when he was in America, all across America, east coast to west coast, when he would, the Holy Spirit would lead him, he would talk about a lady in Japan that he prayed for, but she needs continued prayer. Now get this. He did not even remember Kathy's name. He just said, a lady in the Nagasaki area, she needs prayer. She needs um, built up. Please pray for her. Okay? He never remembered her name. And he shared this, I don't know how many times, all across America. Okay? So, Kathy hasn't talked to my dad, hasn't connected with him in some 20-plus years. Fast forward to 2018. Kathy is coming back to the United States for, I believe it's a 50-year college graduation reunion, either a high school or college graduation. I believe it is her college graduation. Okay? My dad, it was either, it might have been in 2019, but either way, my dad was, um, he was alive, but would pass away shortly after that. So Kathy is now in America. She hasn't been to America for, for quite a few years. She hasn't seen these friends since her, since her college years. She's been in some contact with them a little bit through writing here and there. But she has not seen these people in decades. So she's at her, her, her 50-year reunion. One of the uh, dear friends of her, it, it, they're catching up. And this friend didn't even know that she was in Japan, I don't believe. So Kathy says, yeah, we've been missionaries in, in Japan or in the Nagasaki area. Uh, we've been there for, you know, since the 70s, this and that. And this friend says, we know a man that has been working in Japan for, for quite a few years. He's come to our church and he said to pray for the la- a lady in the Nagasaki area. Maybe you know her. And through a series of a few other questions, Kathy says, that lady is me. I'm the one that Henry Groover has been talking about. My dad had met with these friends of Kathy. He had known them at a church out in the East Coast. And he had been talking about Kathy, this this lady that they went to college with and didn't even know they were talking about the same person. Some 20 years later, God just brings it a full circle, full circle. And so I'm just rejoicing with Kathy when I find this out. I'm like, wow, God, wow. So my dad never made it back to minister with Kathy. And um, they've been laboring in that area for for decades and it is such a difficult area for for churches it's it's one of the most darkest places in all of japan because of all of the the bloodshed all of the christians that were martyred in that area so we we had the privilege of being with jack and kathy for about a week and we the first day they they took us to those two sites the one where the 130 Christians were beheaded, and then the um, kamikaze, the first kamikaze in all of Japan. I don't know if he was born there. That's what 
area he came from. So we, we redeemed the land in those two areas. We prayed, we walked and prayed and, and just applying the blood, the body, the mind and the spirit of the Lord Jesus that, that he gave freely on the cross. And we're, we're just coming against those principalities and those powers that have had dominion over that area for hundreds of years, for centuries. And we knew we, we, our assignment, part of our assignment was to walk and pray, um, you know, where the atomic bomb went off. And so we, we were able to minister with uh, Jack and Kathy in a Sunday service, which was amazing. And then they took us to the, the atomic bomb park. But before we went there, there's another area in Nagasaki. And this is a, a hill in Nagasaki during that same time of persecution where 26 Christians were martyred by crucifixion. 26 Christians were martyred on this hill, hung on crosses. One of the persons that was martyred was a 13-year-old boy. A 13-year-old boy murdered because he was a Christian. And this site is less than a mile from where the atomic bomb went off. So we're walking and praying that area extremely heavy extremely heavy area spiritually emotionally um the blood i didn't hear it crying out from the ground but the blood is crying out from the ground in that area just like when cain killed abel god said what did you do to your brother his blood is crying out to me from the ground um the the voice of the martyrs in revelation who are beheaded their blood cries out and says how long before you avenge us Lord? how long before you avenge our death so when innocent blood has been shed in this earth, first thing it does, it allows a, a right, a deed to the land for the devil. So if it's not cleansed, if it's not atoned for, if it's not applied, if the, the, the atonement of the cross is not applied to that area, then the, the enemy has rights to it. And even in the Old Testament, when there was blood shed, the elders and the um, priests would go out to that area. They would make a sacrifice. They would, they would say different statements. And they would atone for blood that was shed. So the, the, the cause of innocent blood would not be held against them. So this is, these are things that are, are real and they're necessary for us as believers to do is, is go apply the payment. The payment has been made, but we still have to apply the payment. It's, it's basic spiritual principles. The payment has been made, but we have to apply it. If you play the lottery, which I'm not recommending any Christian out there, but if you play the lottery, and you have that winning ticket, is that it? I mean, do you just, okay, I'm good to go. I have I did nothing else in life because I won the big jackpot. And I think they're having a drawing tomorrow or something like that for three quarters of a billion dollars. So you have that winning ticket. Is it good for you? What are you going to do, frame it? No, you got to go. Turn it in, don't you? <laughs> you got to 
apply it for the payment. And if you don't, you're not getting it. You're not getting the payment. You're not getting the, the, the jackpot. And as believers, this is the same principle. We have to apply the payment that was done on Calvary. We have to apply it in these areas where blood has been shed, where um, rapes and, and, and different things of wickedness have happened. And, and when we do that, God will release the ground from that curse and he will bring it back to fruitful, bring it back to life. So we walked and prayed the, the area, the, the hill, where 26 people were martyred. And like I said, one was a 13-year-old boy. And this was almost 500 years ago in Japan. After that, we headed over to um, the, the area where the atomic bomb dropped. And that is a somber experience, to say the least. Extremely somber experience. Um, It's just, it's a difficult task. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a very difficult task to walk and pray that area. Um, But to know the history, to learn the history, to see the pictures, and um, they have a really amazing area. You walk down these stairs, and they have... um, a glass wall, and you can see the the levels of uh, the level where it was at with all the debris, the broken pottery and shards of of wood and everything else that survived. And it's just covered over with layers, like five or six feet of dirt that they brought in after the atomic bomb. But they have they just buried everything, and they have this big window where you can see that layer where the atomic bomb went off and just devastated everything. So we, we walked and prayed, spent quite a bit of time there walking and praying and, and just doing what we could to, to apply, apply that payment in that area. Um, that's a, a massive area to cover and it, it needs Christians to, to walk and pray that in teams, I believe, and, and to cover the whole um, like a three mile radius of that epicenter where that went off. Um, so Christianity in that area of Nagasaki is, it, it is been the most difficult place in all of Japan for, for the churches to grow. And, um, we're believing that that's going to change and God's going to just, just show up and, and, and do something great in that area because it's the birthplace of Christianity. So it's where Christianity was birthed in, in Japan. And it was vibrant. It was, it is thriving, but the enemy was able to come in and and just squash it out to virtually nothing because of persecution and, and martyrdom. So the islands of Japan are, they, they have a lot of Christian bloodshed in them. A lot. And like I said earlier, um, on that hill where the 26 people were crucified, there's a, an amazing museum there. And it has these artifacts that are four or 500 years old from that time period. Um, now, keep in mind, these were Catholic believers that were martyred. The majority of them were Catholic believers. Um, I'm not going to get too deeply into that, but that is pretty amazing that... They stood their 
stood on the rock and they were willing to give their life for the sake of the gospel. Um, so the museum, it's very um, Catholic kind of um, artifacts and different things, but that's where I, I saw um, a statistic that they estimate that 250,000 or more Japanese Christians were martyred in that during that time period. So That's amazing, we, Brother Hank. Um, yes. Uh, folks, if you're just joining us, get a friend. We're live with Hank Groover. Brother uh, Hank, uh, mark your place. i got to ask a question. Uh, did you ever yeah. see the movie from Martin Scorsese called Silence? Came out a few years yes, ago? I, yes. Oh, and I'd that forgotten is, about that until you just mentioned this yeah. testimony. Absolutely, and that shows a lot of of this and those type of that type of persecution. No wonder Japan's in bondage. And absolutely. Folks, that happened before. It can happen again. It's happening in places around the world right now. Uh somebody's got to walk this land. We're live with the prayer walker Hank Groover. And uh, continue with the story, my friend. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I love the questions and and, and that that's right. That, that movie I watched that and and it, it, it's it's rattling. I mean, it, they were very cruel, and they just did everything in their power to squash Christianity, and it, it worked. But God has a remnant. God has his people. And um, the islands of Japan, prayer walking is, is so important because of that and that, that blood that's been shed. But once God moves— it's going to be powerful. It is going to be powerful. Revival will break out. Revival will come. And that nation will be one for Jesus. I believe it. And, and it's been prophesied many times that there will be a, like a tsunami of revival coming from the islands of Okinawa all the way up to the mainland. And I don't know if I shared this with you last time, but it's estimated that Christianity in, in all of Japan as a whole is um, under 2%. But in Okinawa, it's estimated that it's at just over 10%. So it's coming. It's coming, and it's going to be glorious. And that revival hits. Beautiful times. So Doug and I um, had an amazing time with Jack and Kathy. Um, Just getting to know them a little bit more. Um, Kathy's been suffering a lot of ailments and, and just different physical things. She, she fell and um, I think she broke her wrist and messed up her hip back in November of last year. And um, so she was, she had a walker when we arrived and it had wheels and everything picked us up from the airport. And um, she had to use her walker to get in and out of the car, to get into the um, church, everything. And um, we went to a, out to eat with them that first night and you know it was a task with that walker because we had to get it out of the car she'd use it to get into the restaurant and then coming out and everything and the next morning we were woke up and we're just fellowshipping with them and and doug he he operates in the supernatural him and his friend dan um they, they're just they are on fire for god and dan has a, an amazing gift for healing and it has rubbed off on on Doug and they both they do courthouse ministry in America here so they just stand on the the steps of the courthouse and when people come out 
most of the time, anybody coming out from a courthouse is very distraught. You know, there's something happening in their lives. So they just ask, hey, how can I pray for you today? And God just opens up the doors. Um, other people, if they see, you know, limping or, or any type of injury, or they ask them, hey, are you experiencing any pain? And the person says, yeah, you know, pain here or there. And can I pray for you? Absolutely. So they pray, and they're seeing miracles. I mean, they're seeing people just being healed on the spot. It is powerful. So him and um, so Doug, he, he's been operating this for a number of years now. And so that next morning, like, Kathy, it's time to pray for you. And I was like, okay. So we start uh, praying for Kathy. And she's, she's all of a sudden making this sound like, oh, oh, my. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and we're not sure what's going on, but we know God's doing something. And uh, all of a sudden, she stands up, and she's kind of moving her her, her um, torso or upper body and, and bending over. And, and she um, reaches, and she takes off this back brace. And she's just moving around saying, oh, whoa, I have feeling in my feet. I haven't had feeling in my feet for, for months. Oh, praise God. And um, all of a sudden, she's like walking across the room. <laughs> and Doug and I are just in awe. And she's like, I, when he started praying, it was like the needles in my feet just went away because she had really a a lot of pain in her her feet, like nerve pain. And so it felt like needles poking her and all of a sudden the pain's just gone and she's just rejoicing. She takes off her back brace. And like I said, she's walking without the walker. We're just praising God. And that was the second day we were with them for six or seven days. She did not use her walker the rest of the time we were with her. <laughs> she was scurrying around the house. She was um, not using a cane either. It was beautiful. It was just awesome what God did right there. So we were absolutely rejoicing. She was in awe of God and her husband. Uh, they were both just overjoyed. It was awesome testimony god is so good so good so we um we had just an amazing week with them precious missionaries um faithful faithful to what god's doing you know even when they don't see you know very many salvations but they're faithful and staying there and know that god has a reason for them to be there we walked and prayed around their church and went and prayed for people in their homes and um, just had a powerful time with people. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, so after that, we, we flew up to the mainland and we had the opportunity to meet with Akira Mori, which is my dad's interpreter. He's been, was with my dad the last 14 years of my dad's life. And um, my dad would go to Japan in the fall and he'd be there for usually six to eight weeks with Akira. So Akira, we met up with Akira, and we went and we visited this missionary couple. And they're precious missionary couple. They've been in Japan for a number of years, um, but it's just a difficult field to work. It's, it's, it's really difficult. So we're able to encourage them and it was just awesome being with that couple. Um, they're a younger couple. They have four kids. Um, he He's American. She's Canadian. And 
um, God just brought him to Japan in a, in a mighty way. But we have really two awesome testimonies with with them, and um, so they they um, got a piece of land right on a river. So the river is in their backyard, okay? And just God did an absolute miracle for them to get this piece of land. Land in Japan is so expensive. I mean, it is so expensive. And not only were they able to um, get the piece of land for very, you know, fraction of the price that it was worth, but they were also able to build a beautiful home on it. And um, so they, they build this house and they get it done. They're living in it and they keep hearing the ambulance go by their house. Sirens go by their house and they hear it a couple times a week, two, three times a week. And it drives right past their house down the road to the opening where the, like the, the river bank is or area where people can go and, and just play in the river, beautiful river, rock, um, river base or whatever you want to call it. And so, they're, they're curious, and they go out there, and they're seeing that the ambulance is retrieving bodies that are floating down the river. So this is obviously alarming. They go to the police station, and they find out that it's suicides from the, the bridge that's upriver from them. I don't know how far away the bridge is. So... This is, you know, this shouldn't be happening. This is this is not a good thing. They knew Akira Mori, and so I believe they reached out to him, and he came down and said, look, I know a man. <laughs> I interpreted him for 14 years. He prayed for bridges all over this nation and all over the world where suicides happen, and the suicides stop. So let's put those principles to practice. So... Before that happened, the the missionary, the husband, he went to the police station and he was just trying to figure out, you know, if there's anything he could do or, or information about these suicides. And when he talked with the people at the police station, he found out, listen to this, this is so amazing. Um, he found out, actually it's wicked, but it's amazing what God does. He found out that that bridge, um, so in Japan there was a website, this website listed the top bridges in Japan to commit suicide at, okay? And this bridge was the top of the list. Wow. So the bridge right behind their home is the number one on this suicide website. So he learns that from the police. Goes, walks, and prays this bridge with Akira Mori. They get done, and they stop hearing the sirens. Get this. They hear of one other suicide on that bridge after they walked and prayed it. The man survived the fall. Survived the fall. And then they have, to my knowledge, they have not heard of any other suicides from that bridge. It was removed. The website was shut down, but it was removed from the website. and The police were able to shut the website down. God, God is faithful. This is from a few missionaries that just wanted to, you know, see something change in their area. So, people, if you 
have areas where you know death is happening, whether it's an intersection, where it's a bridge, where it's trains, accidents on curves. If you know of that, if it's happening too often, even if it's happened once and it's close to your home, go and pray over that site. Go and declare the word of God. And, and I will pray um, the declaration that my dad prays. I'll, I'll, I'll share that with you here in a little bit. So you can apply this to those areas. It's so important to apply this. We have to apply the payment. And God will do the rest. We don't have to worry about the outcome. God will do the rest. And maybe there's times when you have to walk and pray it multiple times. Don't worry about it. Just be faithful in it. God will show up. But these people, these missionaries, they didn't know anything about walking and praying. They just knew that there was a bridge that was close to their house, and the ambulance was retrieving bodies way too often. That's the last thing they wanted to see their, you know, their children to see. The last thing they wanted is that innocent blood flowing through that river behind them. So a simple act of faith. And this happened after my dad's passing. This works. God is faithful. God is so faithful. So I want to read that prayer of declaration here, and then um, I want to share one other testimony. Um, what do we have for this evening, oh, you brother, got, for time frame? you got all the time you want. This is the uh, <laughs> only evening program I do, and so I'm on your schedule. We're live with Hank Groover. Hey, and by the way, I think you should do also at some time a larger program and um, how to prayer walk. And um, mm-hmm. take it from the context of you've arrived at a location. God wants you to uh, pray over that area. What does a person do? You know, yeah. I don't know anybody else uh, who ever talked about this and you're dead. And um, not to say there weren't other people prayer walking, but I don't know about them. And that's why yeah. um, we tried as hard as we could uh, with the time I had with you, Dad and maybe it was one, maybe twice a year tops to try to pick his brain and get him to um, explain exactly what a prayer walker does. How do you go about it? They don't teach this in churches. And brother, Mm -hmm, uh, in addition to the places God is going to send you, I think that that is your mandate. Uh, Should the Mm -hmm. Lord tarry, you've got to train people to prayer walk because where are we going to learn this, brother Hank? I don't know anybody teaching it. I have no idea how to do it. And I grew up in the church since age two. Nobody ever talked about prayer walking or said, you do this, you do this, you do this. So uh, I'm excited as I am today, as I was um, almost 12 years ago, to hear these testimonies. Because prayer walking changes things, folks. Did you hear? You're just coming in? Number one bridge, people were jumping off to their deaths. And it would have continued if the people of God hadn't went in there and ministered to that location and prayer walked. And then look what happened. Devil tried to kill one more, and he was unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) Brother, i got to tell you something. Here on the island of Bali, there's about three to 400,000 corpses buried all over the place. They said you could be down at a coffee shop, and there could be a mass grave underneath Mm -hmm. you because people were slaughtered here. And there's locations all over the world. Mass graves, suicides, slaughters, Mm -hmm. And the blood is crying out from the whole planet. 
And who's going to do these jobs if the prayer walkers don't do it? This is why I'm so excited to have Hank Groover on this program. He's doing it, and we'll tell you later how you can partner with him. Brother Hank, I didn't mean to uh, take you off subject, but uh, I just want to say I'm very excited to have you here, and we're hoping that we can learn more about how this happened, how you go about this process. Back to you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that, brother. And I'm, I'm honored and just so grateful that God has allowed me to continue this ministry. And I've shared it many times before that I had no desire to be in the ministry. I had no desire to, to you know, carry on the ministry. I, I was just like, no way I can do this. There's no way I can do this. I, I haven't, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not close enough to God. I, you know, all these knots, knots, knots. And the Holy Spirit just, like, it's not you. It's not you. It's me. It, it's, it's, it's he that's in you. We can't accomplish any of this on our own. It's, it's not by our might. It's not by our, our power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so when we get past ourselves and just, okay, Lord, I'm a vessel. That's all I want to be. I'm a vessel and I want to be used for honor. Please use me for honor. And, you know, we trip, we fall, we, we fall short. But it's get back up. Get back in it. Get back in the fight. Don't stay down. Righteous man falls seven times and he rises back up. So don't let the enemy keep you down. Get back up and say, you're going to pay for that one. You knocked me down, but you're going to pay for that. <laughs> There's going to come a time when you are going to flee from me. You understand, devil? You're going to flee from me. And it's not too far in the future. Because the righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursues them. So it's exciting, but I want people to know that you can do this. You can do this. You can be used by God. You can be a witness for him. But you've got to listen to his Holy Spirit. You've got to walk with him. You've got to start small. I don't recommend just out the gate going to these these places where there's a bunch of bloodshed and, and a lot of violence and things like that. Don't start out on the front lines. Start out in your neighborhood. Walk and pray your neighborhood. Walk and pray the radius of your neighborhood. Walk and pray maybe the downtown city street you live in. But get the miles under your feet and then... Go where the Holy Spirit leads you. Then start going to the high places. But don't just come out the gate with a bunch of zeal going to all the high places and, and going to the enemy's camp thinking that, you know, I can do this because I'm, you know, a child of God. Yes, you can. But use wisdom. And start out small. Start out listening and hearing for the voice of God. It's so important. You know, those that uh, my sheep know my voice and none other. The, the Holy Spirit will speak to us, but we have to condition, we have to exercise our senses to know good from evil. And that's what prayer walking does. It, it 
it just brings the communication with God to another level, just another level. My dad, he would walk and pray for 12 to 15 hours a day when he was in England and Wales in the Middle East, 12 to 15 hours a day. And he would be constantly praying. When you're doing that, you learn the voice of God. You learn the voice of God. And you learn innocent blood shed. You learn, you discern where where things have happened and, and where you need to pray. So I want to share this, um, this prayer of declaration with you all. And I'll, I'll read it fairly slow, but um, you can find this in the Prayer Walker's Handbook, which we still have um, in print. And we have PDF versions. We also have hard copies. So please, if you um, desire that, you can go onto our website and order a PDF version or a hard copy. And that's just simply henrygruber.com. So this is a prayer of a sample prayer of declaration. This prayer may be declared at any site where there is a historical marker or known acts of violence, seduction, and murder involving innocent bloodshed. So these are, you know, sites where the bridges happen, where if you've heard of a suicide happening somewhere, um, like we're getting ready to go to Suicide Forest, this upcoming trip here in a couple weeks. Wow. Um, yes, that is heavy duty. We, you know, if God's calling you to a place like that, please, please use wisdom and fast and pray. Please fast and pray before you go. Doug shared this testimony with me. So Doug was with my dad nine trips in Japan, okay? They were walking and praying a bridge where suicides were happening, all right? Doug heard this this voice saying these words to him. Go ahead and jump. It'll be over quickly. You won't feel a thing. And that voice was drawing him to the edge of the bridge while he was walking and praying with my dad. Wow. So these spirits, <laughs> these spirits are so strong in those areas. They draw people in and they draw people over the edge. It is not necessarily that person is even going to that bridge to commit suicide. They say in Suicide Forest that there's a, a large percentage of people that have no intentions of going into the suicide forest to commit suicide, but they get lost. They get disoriented. And all of a sudden they're, they're committing suicide. That wicked spirit of death draws people in. And so that is why it's so important to pray these prayers and declare these things um, on in those areas. But I can't stress it enough. Be ready spiritually. Be ready spiritually for these areas. Um, it's very wise to start in your own community, your own neighborhoods first. I can't say it enough. I've said it many times. Brother I can't Hank, say it enough. So back to it yes, almost please. sounds like the stories of the sirens that would draw uh, the seafarers to the rocks to their deaths. Yes, spirits that will try to drag you to your death. Folks, if there's ever a need for people to prayer walk and deliverance and spiritual warfare ministry, it's now. People are going out in body bag as we speak. Back to you. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And those 
you know, those urban legends or those things, they're grounded in some truth. You know, the sirens, that, that is something that came of, you know, stories about these this happening. The seafarers, the, the people on ships being drawn to the rocks and different things. I mean, they're drawn over the edge. The, the, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he, he's not playing around. He is not messing around. So this prayer of declaration um, can be can be prayed and um, at these sites. So it's it, it goes like this: Father, according to your word and in obedience to your word, I come boldly before you into the courtroom of heaven. Heaven, Hebrews four sixteen. I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the shed blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus. The mind of Jesus, which you gave so freely, according to your word and in obedience to your word, I renounce the iniquities, the hidden words and works of darkness, all the way back to the first thought, word, deed and gesture, and to as many generations back as needs be. I renounce the corruption, all fetishes, curses or satanic ritualistic expressions that have defiled this ground. I render them void of power and expression from this time forth. I remit the sins even unto the descendants of those generations that are alive to this day. I remit their sins and ask you, Father, to send your goodness and the laborers to finish the work of redemption, healing, and reconciliation. I ask you, Father to cleanse this ground and release it from blood guiltiness. I ask you to return it to its purity and bring it back forth from under the curse and its groanings. I say to you, earth, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be free from this innocent blood and all records of transgression against you. Come back and be restored into life and fruitfulness that so that you may be a blessing as you were meant to be. I ask you, Father, to release the earth and call back life, health, and peace. We ask you, Father, to lift off the heavy yoke of condemnation from the animals, the birds, the humans, from the ground all the way to heaven, so that the Father can bless. Amen. So that is a prayer of of declaration that you can pray over these sites. Um, so I was just in Guatemala with a team, a church team from Vancouver, Washington, called the River Church. River Church is um, precious believers that my dad has known for quite some time. All right, so we had powerful ministry. Um, when I share those testimonies next time, it's probably going to take three um, hours. Let's do it. Just to share the, <laughs> the testimonies. Yes, I want to do it. So I want to share this one with you because um, we're talking about this prayer of declaration. So one of the last days we're in Guatemala with this this team from the River Church. We're walking and praying in Antigua. Antigua is a very ancient city in Guatemala. It used to be the capital of Guatemala, but a volcano or earthquake um, wiped it out a few hundred years ago, so they moved the capital of Guatemala City. But the the city, the old city, is is much like a really old European city. It's got cobblestone streets. It's got structures that are four to five hundred years old. A really beautiful city. 
So we're walking and praying, the team with me, from the River Church. And this team, they prepared for this trip by fasting and praying um, every Thursday and Friday from, I think it was April or April through um, July. So, and they, the leader of the team, the requirement was to read my dad's book. And they came together and they studied it together and it was just awesome. So they wanted to learn prayer walking. And so the last day of the trip, we're in Antigua and we're, we were, I mean, the, the trip was so packed with, with God's goodness, but we were, they were tired and um, I was used to it a little bit more. I mean, I, I know what to expect. <laughs> I know to, to expect some 12 to 15 hour days and then you're praying for people um, after the church service till 1230, one in the morning, and you're, you're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're pouring out. So you get tired. Um, I know what to expect. doesn't make it much easier, but I, I know what to expect. And, and the team members, they didn't expect that. So the last day we had some time in Antigua, and it was more just sightseeing and everything, but they were very much um, desiring to walk and pray. I'm like, okay, this is the, the perfect city to do it in. So we're walking and praying. We come across these this old monastery, this old church, Catholic church. And um, it's beautiful old church. It's just the walls are standing now. Inside it, the, the roof is caved in. But it's like 500 years old. So our interpreter with us is saying that this church, this monastery, was built on the, the Mayans' back, okay? So the Mayan people, like 500 years ago. And so he's telling us about this and how that they were building it and they were, you know, very um, cruelly abused and, and just, you know, a lot of them died and they didn't care. They just, you know, find more laborers. And so finally, at some point, they banded together and they fled that area and went into the mountains. And I think they they weren't, you know, slaves for them anymore. But so he's telling us that we walk onto the grounds and there's some uh, historical markers and it shows a time frame and date on how old this is. And um, it dated back to the 1500s, I believe it was. And so it doesn't take much discernment. So if you're a Christian and you think, you know, I don't have the discernment. I don't, I don't understand that, that some of those spiritual things, I don't feel the oppression um, I get asked all the time, do you feel the oppression when you're in these areas? And I don't feel it. Early on, like a few years ago, I kind of felt guilty and I kind of was like, God, why don't you, why don't, you know, I, I experience this oppression. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, if, you, if you're under that oppression, you can't accomplish the work as quickly. And easily. So your your time is very short in these areas. You need to go in. I need you to go in, complete the work, and get out. But if you're heavily oppressed, it's very difficult to complete the work. So um, I'm like, yeah, okay, God, thank you. I just pray for more discernment. (laughs) You know, I, I desire more discernment. And if he will open my ears to innocent bloodshed, I would, um, that's the cry of my heart, but I know that comes with, with time and discipline. So either way, we walk on these, the, these ancient ruins, okay? We enter the gate, and we're walking with 
um, I think four or five of the, the team members. And we're walking around, and, and one of the team men- members, Karina, she's the youngest on the trip. She's, I think, 28 years old. And she says, I don't like it here. I feel it feels very heavy. And then one of the other team members says, yeah, um, well, let, let's get out of here if we're not going to do anything. Or let, let, let's get out of here. And I say, no, 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 no. This is good. So this can be broken. We have our assignment. You're feeling what the iniquity that has been on this ground for so long. And it's really interesting because you can walk by this building on the other side of the wall and not feel it. You walk through the gates and all of a sudden you feel the oppression. It's really interesting how it's that territorial. So I'm like, Karina, no, we're going to pray and we're going to break this off. So I said, let's walk and pray around these, these grounds for, you know, five, 10 minutes. We'll come back together and we'll pray. So I go off and I'm walking and praying with another lady, Helen, and, and we're, we're doing this and that. And she's asking awesome questions and we're just, you know, we're praying, we're remitting, we're, we're um, being led how to pray however the Spirit is leading us. And that's a, a simple, important principle. When you're walking and praying, just be led of the Spirit. He's not going to give you, you know, the words to, to pray each and every moment you're out there. Do not feel condemned or anything. Just pray in the Spirit or just ask God to cleanse the land. Lord, cleanse this land. Lord, cleanse this land. Give me discernment. Give me understanding as, as needed. So we're just walking and praying. We come back together as a group. I had been praying that prayer declaration that I just shared with you. I had been leading it in all these other sites all over Guatemala. So I, I open it up and I say, let's, let's pray this prayer of declaration. And Karina says, can I, can I read it? Can I pray it? I'm like, absolutely. So I'm recording her as she's reading it. She gets done. She gets to the last sentence on that prayer of declaration. And it is beautiful what happens. She gets done stating it done praying it and all of a sudden she looks up and i'm recording it and she says it lifted it lifted off me i feel so much better (laughs) and we just begin to rejoice like hallelujah hallelujah that is what our god can do that is what he can do he is all powerful so she experienced the, the heavy condemnation, the heavy um, load of sin that was on that ground. And then she experienced God lifting it off of her right after she finished praying that prayer. God is good. Amen. That's amazing. Brother Hank, a question came to mind. If you're going to one of these yes. sites, let's say there's a temple. Sometimes, many times in front of these temples, they have these statues. I think they're called guardians. They might be uh, animals or some fierce-looking, yes. uh, like samurai. Uh, it could be somebody holding a bow and arrow. Um, yes. Have you encountered these guardians, and is it a real potential that they could uh, fire arrows and spiritual darts at you, and you need to disarm them before going in? Any thoughts yeah, on that? it's very important to have 
on the full armor of God. So this is a must. Make sure you are wearing the armor of God before you go out. Um, my dad experienced one of those guardians or gatekeepers um, like pushing him back, trying to keep him out. Um, so we always go up and we quote Psalms 24, open up your gates, be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? Is the Lord strong and mighty in battle? He is the King of Glory. Open up your gates, be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. And the gatekeepers respond, Who is this King of Glory? It is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of Glory. And the Lord of hosts is the Lord of armies. Okay, so he is our leader in the army. He is our general. He is the one we follow into battle. And we are a part of his host. We are part of his army. So absolutely keep the armor of God on. Do not go out and fight battles with sin. You must be repentant. You must get sin out of your heart. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. It's not worth it. Just repent. Make sure there's nothing between you and a spouse, kids, um, no bitterness, anger. Repent of any known sin, any unknown sin, and then put on the full armor of God. The Word of God says, take up the full armor of God. You may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, against the attacks of the enemy. So having the full armor of God, quoting Psalms 24, and then going to the gates. But we always quote Psalms 24 first. Oh, that's a scripture. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so you've disarmed these gatekeepers. You get into that ground and look around. Would the prayer of declaration be the first thing that you pray when you get in there? We usually do it towards the end. So we'll walk around, um, pray as the Spirit leads, and if you're with a team, um, come together. If there's any anybody discerning anything, um, there might be areas where you need to pray in specific spots or, or things like that. Um, but then the prayer of declaration as a team is good. If you're alone, you can do it as you're alone. But um, I think it's a little better to go in and walk and pray and just claim the blood of Jesus. Remitting sins is very powerful. Remit the sins, the known, unknown sins, um, as far back as needs be. First thought, word, deed, gesture, um, act. But remitting sins is very important. And then uh, it's it's good to do the prayer of declaration after you've prayed. Now, what do you mean by remitting the sins? I know the verse says, yeah. he who sins you remit, remit unto them. He who sins you retain, retain. I never hear anybody preaching about this. What is God? What is God actually wanting you to accomplish when you go into one of these locations? He's wanting you to stand in the gap. Um, and how does that play out when it comes to remitting the sins? What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first part of Psalms 24 is the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, everything that dwells in it. So it's God's property. It's God's land. But through sin and through bloodshed. Um, the enemy has squatted and taken possession of, of different areas. So uh, when we go in and we remit, that's John twenty twenty three. whosoever sins you remit, they remit unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. So we don't want to retain sins. When you're walking and praying, you will see, you will hear, um, you will you will see a, a lot of sin. So you can retain that sin or you can remit it. And remit it means to send it back. And um, I don't want to. I don't want to hold on to it. I don't want to retain it. Um, I know I can't handle that as a human being, as a believer. It will just weigh me down, and 
it'd be very difficult. So we remit it and we send it back to the Father. And that word remit means to relax, to relieve, to absolve, to alleviate. And um, so, how would you so, articulate that? And let's say this place you were at, what would be the thing that you would pray to remit those sins? Yeah, or you so would declare. That, that's a great question. It, it depends on what type of area you're in. So, in temples, it's it's real easy to use discernment. So, you want to use discernment when you're remitting sins, and you want to. Um, remit the sins that you are discerning. So in a temple, what's the number one sin that's happening in a temple? Idolatry? Worship of other gods? That's it. That's it. Idolatry. So, absolutely. And um, idolatry holds people in such bondage and and the lies, so you just begin to remit that sin of idolatry, Lord. I remit this sin of idolatry. If you see people, you know, worshiping the idols, you remit that sin off of them. Um, the priests and different things like that. So uh, just praying quietly and, Lord, I remit that sin of idolatry off of this person. I pray that you will pour out your goodness upon them, your goodness that leads to repentance. I pray that you will open their eyes, you will move the scales from their eyes, that they will see the truth. I pray that you will send your laborers into your harvest, that you will surround them with Christians that can share the good news with them, that will share the truth of the gospel with them. And so you just begin to pray for people like that, um, praying for priests the same way. Lord, open up their eyes to the truth. May they seek, you know, the truth. May they they they, they continue to seek the truth until they find you. Um, and just however the Spirit is leading you, I mean, if you see parents bringing their kids there, remit that. So if we're not remitting it, there's a possibility we're retaining it, and I do not want to retain any type of idolatry sin in my life. It will it will ruin you. It will knock you down so quickly. So that's why you have to be ready for that type of warfare um, when you're going into these places. And it's it's not much different in America. You know, if you're walking and praying your your neighborhoods, and you walk by someone's home, and and you know their um, their idol is that sports team. You know, it's all over their their house, their flags, their vehicles. Um, you know, every time you're talking to them, they're wearing that jersey. Or um, and then when their team loses, they're extremely depressed. And when their team wins, they're happy. And um, you know, that's that's idolatry. <laughs> you know, it happens with college teams, pro teams, all over our. our our nation and our neighborhood. So that's a great one just to walk by and you know that neighbor, Lord, I remit that off their their life. Lord, I I, I ask you to release them from that bondage. They they are convinced that it, it, it brings joy into their life, but it, it does not bring joy. It brings depression. It brings, you know, um, separation from their family. It, it, it shows their kids the only way they can, you know, connect with their dad is through a sport you know this is wickedness this is not good so you don't retain it you don't judge it you just remit it lord i remit that sin i ask for you to pour out your goodness your goodness that leads to repentance and i ask you to open doors that i can share the gospel with this person with this family now hank when you're in these locations um you're remitting the sin you're doing the prayer of declaration um is there anything that you need to do, like uh, anointing these places with oil? Is it, does that go along with the process? I don't know if you can you know, in some places, but what um, do you think about that? Yeah, you know, my dad didn't do that a whole lot. 
I was talking with someone a while back or not too long ago and and um well actually we were just being prayed over for this trip, upcoming trip and and one of the people praying for us was kind of saw that our feet were anointed with oil and um and I'd heard that yes. one other time that people you know, put anointing oil on the soles of their feet. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not against it by any means. Um, I just... I've heard about that. Um, but I didn't yeah, know it, too much in the way detailed. There's a story, and I don't know if this, I've got it correct, but your dad and he had a group of men that went with him on, like, some secret missions as low profile and covert as they could. And they would go into places, I've been told, and they would have oil on their feet, and um, they would just, I guess reclaim the property in the name of Jesus every place they put their foot on? Was that what I heard? There's somebody else. Yeah. I don't know if it was his group or another, but they would actually put stakes in the ground. Like, you know, property stakes. Have you heard anything yeah. about this? I've heard of that, yes. And I want to say those people are up in Canada. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure. But the, the, the team was, they were the Holy Ghost Commandos. Oh. And this was yeah, my dad and um, I forget how many other men, but yeah, God would speak to them in a miracle, miraculous ways, and and that was the group that um, all had the same experience um, underneath Rome when they were they believed they were um, oh, yeah. uh, um, what's the word? I'm that fallen for. angel down God. there. So yes, but they were taken in um, through God's. Oh, translated. I'm sorry. Okay. So they believe all of them were translated, and, and they were following my dad down these this stairway, and yeah, came to those two large angels, and um, uh, my dad spoke to them and and bound them in chains, and it was they were the Apostle Paul. They were I forget the exact wording, but um, like quenching this the the spirit that. Um, the Apostle Paul had when he walked on the earth. But yes, the the Holy Ghost commandos, they, 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 God sent them all over the world um, on different trips. And um, Do you I, happen I know? don't recall exactly anointing their feet, but okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you happen to know the names of those, not to say you give them here, but of these Holy Ghost commandos? I I'm don't. Sure. I've been thinking about that, brother, and, and trying to, I, well, let's put I it. I think I know out. of a few of them, but I lost contact with them. Maybe there's someone who will be tuning in this program, and you're one of the Holy Ghost Commandos. If you are, yes. I want you to contact Brother Hank Groover. We'd also love yes, to have you please. on this program. Brother Hank, um, I can't speak for any place other than some of the temples here that I found in Bali, but many people or lured into going into some of these temples, and before they let you into the entrance, they make you put this special, looks like a dress and a special belt. Mm. I think it's called a sarong. And you have to put this on in order for them to let you get in. Uh, or they sure. might might make you want to take your shoes off to go into some of these places. How do you deal with that if... Um, you got to do that to get in. Does God allow for you to do that, uh, or do you not do this to get in? I'm talking for prayer walkers now. I won't set foot in them yeah. unless God told me to, and I certainly don't want to put on this dress and take my shoes off to these demons, but uh, I don't know how that relates to these missions God sends prayer walkers on. Um, how would you deal with that situation if 
you got to get in, but they want you to take your shoes off or put this uh, special holy garment on that they give you. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've um, never we've never had to do any type of garment, okay. um, so I would I would caution against that. Um, taking shoes off, I'm pretty sure it's happened a few times, but if God wants you into the the holy of holies or or you know, in an area where not many people get to go, yes. he will open that door. Um, okay. Did it for my dad many times. Um, but my dad never put on a, a robe or special garment. I know that for sure. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took his shoes off because that's so common in Asia. Um, well, that's true. So that's I true. wouldn't be as, as okay. worried about that. Okay. But I would not conform to any of their um, practices that they involve into their ceremonies. Um, I would just kindly decline, and it, you know, yeah, they want like, if you want me in there, anoint you with oil in some up. of these places, or like their water. Um, Hank, you you go into this place, you remit the sins. Um, do I have the correct understanding that through sin, of uh, the enemy has actually been able to uh, snatch control of territories and property? I mean, do we actually forfeit property? through sinful acts and uh, you know these acts of violence and now the enemy's in control if that's true is part of the prayer walking an assignment to go in there and retake the land to reclaim it for Jesus yeah absolutely and and that's um, you know the children of Israel they they were granted a right of redemption they were never to sell their land that was their inheritance but through their sins, it was taken from them countless times, countless times. So that that's the Old Testament. And um, so under the new law, that's in the natural. Now it becomes in the spiritual. So when governments and, and, and different people groups commit sin, yes, iniquity on top of iniquity, um, God ha- God has no more, not right to be there, but he's, he's not going to force himself. So I, I believe he removes his protection, his covering from that area, and then the enemy has kind of squatter rights. So, yes, the enemy absolutely can come in. He can take land. Uh, most of the time, I, I believe it happens through innocent bloodshed. Um, but you know, if it's been in his possession for centuries, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing at how quickly we can redeem it and how quickly God will come back in the Holy spirit will come back and redeem that land and bring it back to fruitfulness and to life. So we're really talking about evicting Satan and his demons off these properties. Like, uh, you know, they had been in that uh, uh, snake forest, and nobody could hardly yes. even get on the island. You know, these snakes were dropping out of trees on their head as they were trying to come up in rowboats. But yeah, after right. the land was cleansed, uh, the snakes are gone, and you got cats there, and people begin to build on the island. It flourished. Yeah. They built a bridge. Amen. So are we talking really about retaking the land for Jesus through prayer walking? Absolutely, absolutely. Reclaiming the land. Um, it's already God's, but 
through that sin, through the the iniquity, yeah, the enemy has taken possession and and squatted on it. So it, it's a beautiful thing. Now, redeeming the land from sins that are you know ancient sins that haven't been atoned for, haven't been applied. Um, that's Romans three twenty five. So it says, "Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God." So um, I had always said, "How far is past? How far back is the past?" You know, it's just you know behind you. It's it's a minute ago, a moment ago, or up to centuries ago. So this doesn't set a timetable on you can only remit sins that are 100 years old or, you know, 10 days old or whatever. It's as far back. The past is the past. So, you know, he's setting up a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. So that's what we're doing when we're remitting sins. We're declaring his righteousness for sins that are past. And um, it's powerful. It is powerful. And you can't convince me otherwise that it doesn't work. And I can't explain it to you very eloquently through the word of God, but I can share with you the testimonies that I've seen just in my short time, you know, doing it since my dad's passing. And it's like, I don't care if you're a theologian and you, you studied the word of God and, and, you think I'm in great error. I, I'm sorry. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. I have seen it. I have witnessed it. I have heard the testimonies. This works. This works. This is exciting. Folks, one of the most exciting things I've ever heard about uh, growing up in the church. I'm talking beyond uh, salvation. But I'm talking about as we uh, become Christians and grow in the Lord. This is exciting. You and I can do something. God wants you to pray. That's walk. right. Um, and you know, I'm excited because no one else talked talked about it growing up, and I still don't know too many people talk about it. Um, by the way, before I forget, I got to introduce you to a, a brother in the Lord. His name is Timothy Bentz, and I've had the opportunity to have him on the program only one time. But I heard about him through an old uh, audio program interview done by um, uh, a late friend, Rob Skiba, who died during COVID. And this program mm-hmm. I was listening to one day on YouTube was, you know, at least 12, 13 years old. And it was talking about a man who had prayer walked um, Jekyll Island, and God sends him over there. And yes. uh, he ends up prayer walking the Canaanite altars that were built under the uh, house by Rockefeller where the Federal Reserve was birthed. He was also mm. sent on a mission into the Black Forest of Germany. I'll send you this uh, audio. And uh, I, I listened to that, brother. Oh, that was amazing. But okay. I, I do want to want you to send it to me. So the reason I brought him up is uh, this six months ago, I made contact with him. I said, hey, by the way, did you know Henry Groover? And he was aware of Brother Henry Groover. I don't know if they got to meet or not. But I said, i got to hook you up with his son, Hank Groover. I believe there's a divine appointment in it. So I want to do that, mm. and I want you to reach out as God leads you. And uh, I don't know that he's been doing much in a long time, but uh, he may be another asset to you uh, in the work that God is calling you to do in terms of uh, contacts or what have you, uh, or if you need a, uh, a friend. Uh, but 
This is amazing stuff that's going on, folks. You don't hear about this in the mainstream. But this is some of the most exciting work I've ever heard about. Taking back land and pulling down strongholds for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because literally, if you were to, I guess we, we could see in the spirit. These are like fortifications of the demons. They come in there and they 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 take the land and they build these strongholds on there and you know literally in the natural that one island you're dead was on there was a uh, a samurai castle and these samurais yes. were brutalizing these children and I heard one story they'd throw them up in the air and slice them in half with a sword and yes. their body would just fall over the cliff sodomizing them and all this other stuff and uh, and the spiritual demons are doing that right now they're gaining a foothold and if they're not if they're not fought and kicked out of the, the land and we occupy it as Christians for Jesus once again they'll bring their friends in they'll get a battalion in there they'll build a big old fortress and from there they just wreak havoc on cities and nations now uh, brother Hank what would happen if uh, let's say you're going through a location that's still active and let's say you know we see in America the church of Satan setting up these uh, satanic temples and they put a Baphomet statue in there or maybe let's say you go through a a part of town and you see a a fortune teller sign or new age store or they're selling Mm -hmm. voodoo candles Santeria do we have to sit there and take it uh, or can is there something that we can do to even get that place closed down any thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, same one. Yeah, we, we just had um, a couple of those stores pop up in, in a town that's like 20 minutes from us, but we, we attend church in that town. Okay. So it's literally just a couple blocks down the road. And, um, yeah, th- this is something that, uh, absolutely, this is this time to go walk and pray. Go walk and pray. You don't go there and pick it and... And, and throw, you know, wave signs in the air or, or condemn them or, you know, try and throw tracks at them when you see them. Just walk and pray, but know that you are engaging warfare with the enemy. You are engaging that battle. So come prepared, but just come, walk and pray. Walk and pray around the place, you know, seven times, and then walk and pray around the, the neighborhoods and, and just pray protection upon the people around it the children around that area proclaim the blood of jesus over them pray for god's warfaring angels to come and fight that battle but yeah god will close it down i mean god will close it down it's an amazing thing and and remit the sins because it's no just coincidence that it opened up there something happened there the enemy had some type of foothold there on that land for it to be able to you know open up that type of store so don't don't sit around and watch it happening. Just just get in there, walk and pray. Um, I don't know how long you know you'll need to do it, but but walk and pray in that area. There there's a verse that um, in Hosea in ten twelve. It's a very popular verse, but this is what describes prayer walking. And I don't think I've ever heard my dad say it like this. Um, he may have, but either way, Hosea ten twelve. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, 
Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Okay, so that word fallow from the 1913 Webster's Dictionary. Listen to this. Land that has lain a year or more untilled or unseeded. Land plowed without being sowed for the season. The plowing or tilling of land without sowing it for a season. Okay, so definition of, of fowler, to plow, harrow, break up as land without seeding. This is what prayer walking is. Breaking up fallow ground that has not been tilled or seeded for some time. This is what we are doing. We are going, we are sowing righteousness, seeds of righteousness, that we will reap mercy, breaking up that fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. That is what prayer walking does. It breaks up the fallow ground. You're planting seeds of righteousness, and God will be faithful. He will rain down righteousness upon you. So that is that's that describes prayer walking. Like the best definition I can find in the Bible, I believe. That's making breaking sense. it up. Because if we abandon the land and mm-hmm. the light of the gospel, of the salt of the earth, Christian believers are not occupying it, something's going to fill the vacuum. Yes, Satan and his host right. of hell will move in and they'll set up shop. And then they're going to continue to perpetuate the sins that have been committed before that have not been remitted. And the, and, God have mercy. It's making sense. The more I hear you speak about this, back to you. Yeah, and and you think about these portals, you know. Mm. There's portals all around the world where people know that there's an evil force coming and going in that area. Why is it happening there? (laughs) You know, what gave permission for that portal? Something happened, some great wickedness, iniquity. And that, that's, a, that's a real spiritual thing, these portals all around the world. So, yes, walking and praying is, is our only way to combat that. I mean, this is spiritual warfare. Prayer walking is spiritual warfare at its best. I do, I do not believe there is any other better spiritual warfare besides walking and praying. There is nothing... You could talk about intercessors that are, you know, just the strongest intercessors that we know of. But they are still in a building. They are not in that area. Their feet are not on the ground. When you're walking and praying, you are interceding. You are seeing things. You're hearing things. You are discerning things. You are in the battle. You are not viewing it from inside the safety of the church or, or your, your prayer closet. You okay. are on the front line. 100% and correct. This is boots on the yes. ground. Because I've boots seen people pray and intercede even on this program with little effect. Because you got to put yeah. boots on the ground with it, folks. This you is do. the height of spiritual warfare at its best, prayer walking. I love what you just said. Yeah. Amen. And don't be afraid of it. Don't let, um, you know, it, it, it be it sound overwhelming. It's not. 
once again, start in your neighborhood. Start it around your home. Just start with the little things, and God will can entrust you with the larger things. He cannot entrust you with the, the big principalities and powers until you have been trusted with the little things. And you've got to be faithful in those little things before he can give you the big things. Um, it's just... God want his he wants his army to mobilize. <laughs> he wants us to be mobile, <laughs> not you know, sitting dormant. You don't win any battles when you're not advancing. Folks, God you wants not win in his end time prayer walking army. We've had the honor of having yes. Hank Groover here today. Next program, three hours. Let's do it. Brother Hank. Um, <laughs> how can a person make contact with you? How can they support your ministry? And also, as I understand, um, you have been working on uh, digitizing many of these cassette tapes from your father that he collected over yes. the years. Many which uh, probably have never been heard before since then. Um, how can people yeah, go about obtaining right. a copy? What do you want to say about that? Amen. And I want to thank you for sending, I think I've got the first four or five. Six. I sent you three um, today. Six. So Hallelujah. you got six, seven more to go. I'll get them to you this week. Seven more to go. Praise God. And, and those have been redigitized. They sound amazing. So those are all the shows that my dad did with you, which is awesome. I'm so grateful. I've converted um, around 250-plus wow. um, cassettes. Now, that's um, one side, so 100-plus double-sided cassette tapes. <laughs> um, so I ordered a pot, um, uh, MP3 player and um, just got it in the mail and tested it out today. So what I'm going to do is, since I, it's like, what I have is just under like 13 gigabytes. So it, it's equivalency of, I don't know, 120, 150 hours. No, it's more than that. It's over 200 hours of wow. my dad preaching <laughs> so um i just reached out to a brother over in um boston area and you brought up the um satanic um you know different things that they're setting up did you hear about the satan con that was going to be i think in the boston area last year no. or the earlier this year no sir okay so it was a big satan festival convention and um, it was going to be the biggest gathering they've had, and, and I forget how long, if not ever. And I remember reading about it, reading about it, and then I it happened, and then it, it I got I found an article that it was like a, a flop. I was like, praise God. I was talking with a brother for the first time. Um, he'd heard of my dad and been following my dad and and um, got a hold of the ministry and called and said he's from Boston area. He's sharing this testimony. He's like, yeah, I, I, God called me to walk and pray that convention center <laughs> before the Satan con. I'm like, brother, for real? He's like, yeah. So I, I went there, and I forget how many times he walked and prayed it. And then I also believe he was there walking and praying when it was happening. And I'm like, brother, I heard that it, it was like a complete disaster almost, like confusion and everything. He's like, yes, it, it just it was nothing they expected. God showed up and just disrupted it. It was beautiful. So a, a man that learned from my dad prayer walking <laughs> was actually, you know, doing that work <laughs> ahead of the Satan con. Like, come on, Lord, you are wow. too good. 
So he is mobilizing his people. But I, I just reached out to that brother today and I said, hey, I, I just got this MP3 player in. I, I put um, the teachings on it. it. It works really well. Do you want me to um, send you an MP3 player with over 200 hours of my dad? And he's like, absolutely. And he actually was asking for the Omega Man interviews because he had been listening to those, Shannon, and really getting so much from them. Praise God. And then they were they were pulled from the website or the yes. um, crash or whatever. Yes, sir. <laughs> they're being uh, they're being re-uploaded now. They'll be they'll be safe there yes. on the new platform. Well, and that's what I, I told you and him. I'm like, I, I'm gonna download them this time, and um, yes. So I'm putting them on the MP3 player, and I told him, yes, you know, I'm gonna send this out to you. So if people desire um, 200 plus hours of my dad preaching it's all the way back from i think early 70s up through um the 90s and um it's just a fraction of of his preaching but it's it's powerful i mean it is really powerful and it's just at your fingertips on a little mp3 player on a little micro sd card so um i'm getting more of those ordered and i'm trying to to figure it all out um, there's a few more things I want to get done before I start sending them out. But if people are, are interested in that, they can um, email us. The email is real simple. It's JSM, which is short for Joyful Sound Ministries. So it's JSM at minister.com. So simple email. Um, email us and say, hey, I'm interested in the MP3 player and, um, you know, send me your mailing information everything is a free will offering basis um my dad never set a price on anything and we want to continue that work just please be mindful of the costs involved with um shipping and handling and and whatever else but um yeah we we want to make that available and um we want to start getting the word out so also go to our website henrygroover.com you can email us from there you can also sign up for our newsletter and I believe I'm going to be sending out um, different um, digitized messages that I get just to kind of send out to the um, faithful people that sign up for the newsletter and you can follow us on the Henry Groover Facebook page and that's probably the most up to date when I'm traveling Um, I don't update it much in the United States, but when I'm overseas, I'm able to post pictures and just kind of testimonies from what we're seeing and, and doing. And, um, you can go look on that and you can see the, the pictures and videos from snake Island. You can see, um, the videos from Guatemala, pictures from Guatemala and, and a lot of different testimonies. So this is fantastic. <laughs> uh, and the website also Henry Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, if someone would like to support your ministry or give to these mission trips, do you have PayPal on that website or Cash App, anything like that? I believe we have. I know we have PayPal. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's up and running. Um, okay. We've been kind of revamping the website. But, yeah, you can give through PayPal. Um, if you're old-fashioned you write checks, um, they can be made out to Joyful Sound Ministries or JSM for short. And it's P.O. Box. Um, oh, my goodness. I forgot our P.O. 144. <laughs> P.O. Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, 
5-1-5-7-9. My brother, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, what a powerful testimony. I'm excited uh, about the work God is doing through you. And uh, folks, uh, please get over and check out the website, Support the Ministry. Brother Hank Groover and um, Brother Hank, uh, I know you're going to have some testimonies from this next trip. Man, that's going to be powerful. You want to close us in prayer today? Yes, please. Oh, precious Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to to share and and just share your your word. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. It is by your might, your power, nothing by us. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that we can be witnesses for you when you have come upon us, when that power from on high has come upon us. We'll be witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So, Lord, we thank you for that. I just pray that you will challenge, your Holy Spirit will challenge the listener to begin to walk and pray in their own communities, their own neighborhoods. They'll begin to be faithful in the little things, and you will use them in the mighty works, the big works. So, Lord, we just pray for your army to be equipped, your army to be mobile, your army to be ready and alert to stand and go forth to advance your kingdom. Lord, we just pray and claim the blood of Jesus over these words that, Lord, they will not have any type of um, attack from the enemy. But as your word says, they will go forth and they will accomplish what you sent them out to do. So, Lord, we thank you for your promises. We just pray your blessings upon Brother Davis and his family. Lord, will you just bless them immensely, Father? Will you will you just pour out your, your tremendous blessings upon them, Lord, financially and spiritually, Lord? We thank you for the work he's doing. We thank you for all of the archiving and all of these interviews that he has done over the years, Lord. What a mighty job. What a mighty work, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for the, the years to come, um, Lord, until you return or, or whatever happens, Lord. We thank you. We give you the glory, and we just pray that you will provide all of Brother Shannon's needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, we bless them. We pray for your protection, your hedge of protection around them. And, Lord, we just ask for mighty, mighty miracles in their lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Hank, before you go, just a bonus thought as we're closing. Yes. Take it to the Lord in prayer. But uh, a large stronghold in Japan were the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza, or the Yakuza. Yeah. And um, I have a friend who knows an ex-Yakuza. I don't know that I can deliver on the contact or he'll give it up to me, but I believe that God is going to give you a former Yakuza gang member which could then show you uh, present-day strongholds and maybe what you consider doing on a future trip is you walk through some of these Yakuza uh, cities or streets and remit the sins of the the yakuza. I don't know anybody's Amen. ever done that before, but uh, if you could get a an ex yakuza as a uh, a guide on the street, now that would be key. And one more thing, I ran across mm-hmm. a guy a number of years ago. We actually prayed, and did some deliverance with him. But it's been many years. I don't know if I can mm-hmm. still have his name. It was Hideo? That's it. And he told me he was a member of a Baphomet cult in Japan. 
They actually wow. worship Baphomet. And he came wow. out of it. So there's there's some more things to, to mm. pray about. Maybe uh, on future trips, go after the Yakuza yeah. stronghold and also the underground Baphomet cult in Japan. And I'll see what I can dig up in terms of context. If I find them, I'll turn them over yeah, to you if you want to talk to them. God bless you, my friend. Please do. Thank you so much, brother. Lord willing, we will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you for coming on, Dave. God bless you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless. Folks, there are red light districts in Japan. I saw actually, uh, there's a couple cool YouTube channels of some uh, YouTubers that um, either visit Japan and did a series of episodes on their channel or they lived there. And one actually had a an ex-Yakuza that was taking them around. Now, they were going to some of the places that the Yakuza hang out, you know, get drinks and things like that. Uh, but i got to talk to Joseph Jasinski. There was a guy contacted him a few years ago who was former Yakuza and wanted them to come down to do a school of deliverance there. And uh, Brother Joseph went through there and was able to spend a few days there. But hasn't got much further than just a couple days. But I know he's got a heart for that place. Got to hook him up with Brother Hank. I believe there's some divine connections in that and also Timothy Bentz, the prayer walker. But I was just thinking as we're closing out Prayer walk the Yakuza strongholds. Yep, I believe that's of the Lord. And I'll see what I can do to uh, connect some of these people together that we know of over there with Brother Hank. Also the Baphomet cult. This is amazing, exciting work. Who said being a Christian was boring? God wants us to get boots on the ground. Wow. I love this. Okay. And you're going to love the programs we did with Henry Groover. I'm remastering them. They sound better than ever. I've got six of them restored. Three already uploaded. I'm going to upload the other three by tomorrow. And then i got about seven more to go. But I encourage you to contact Hank Groover and give a generous love offering and ask for a copy of the stick drive with over a hundred of the uh, digitized tapes of Henry Groover. They've also got many of the programs that they record in the past. I think DVD, some of the books. Go to henrygroover.com. Did you enjoy today? Hope you did. If so, share these programs with a friend. I need everybody out there tuning in to me right now, uh, live or on the MP3, to help us market this broadcast. And the way you can do that is share one of the shows with a friend and give them my website, omegamanradio.com. We've got a new listener out there. He just came on board. He said, man, I love your show. I said, well, thank you. Praise God. He said, my mom told me about it. That's how I found out about it. Now, if his mother had not told him, he wouldn't have known about it in all likelihood. Don't think that you can't help uh, our campaign here to get the word out far and wide about these broadcasts. All you got to do is tell somebody. You plant a seed in other waters that God gives the increase in the scripture. You don't know what could come of that. There could be someone that 
gets impacted so greatly they go on and start a massive ministry and uh, you help facilitate that and we both get fruit me for the program and you for introducing them to the program and that's how God works you get residuals in the kingdom of God There's it's called fruit absolutely there's an old story rhyme about a, a mother hen that wanted to bake some cornbread and she was looking for somebody to help her somebody help me I gotta bring in the corn I gotta grind it up I gotta you know cook it I don't know how to make cornbread so work with me here and bottom line is uh, not many people want to help but then when the cornbread was ready they sure want to eat it but I think there was one that helped and they got the cornbread they got to eat and enjoy it and it was good because they rolled up their sleeves did what they could to help that hint is they were making the cornbread everybody could help but do something share one of these programs with a friend praise the Lord that's all I'll say and if uh, you want to support uh, Hank Groover in the ministry of prayer walking go again to henrygroover.com I encourage you to support them in prayer and in finances and uh, there's no limit to what the Lord can do through you and I in these last days. It's time to activate for the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're so blessed to have salvation. It's a gift of God. 90 seconds. But don't we owe something back to the Lord Jesus? He's called us, in fact, to pick up our cross and follow him. He's calling for people. Anybody that will hear the cry and will just come in and help him because the harvest is ready and the workers are few and he's asking will you come in and help me even at the midnight hour right up to the last minute folks this is far from over your job of mine is far from done and if you and I won't do it who's going to do it as the late Wynne Worley said If not now, when? If not you, who? And it may be just a few that answer the call. I'm here to tell you, you'll never regret it. And when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not be ashamed. He will say, well done, my good and faithful servant entered to the joy of the Lord. Remember, faith of that works is dead. Do we have any works that follow the faith Ten seconds. that we declare that we have? It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work for Jesus. Not be too hard for Mega Man because I only wear short sleeves. Praise God. And if you see me in the same color shirt, it's because I have three colors. I wear white when I go to bed, and during the day I'm either wearing a black or red shirt or blue. I got a few blue. <laughs> it's easier. Just grab a t-shirt. They're all about the same color. Okay. Praise God. And if you want to support Omega Man Radio, it is much supported, uh, more, much appreciated. We live by faith. Everything we do here is free. There's no subscription. You can listen to the show. There's six ways to do it. Go to my website. You can find that out, OmegaManRadio.com. And it's good to have a backup. Mix and or burped at some point in time. So, um, if you saw a message, it said switch over to IceCast or Blog Talk Radio. It's good to have those options. 
Because if one goes down, that's the whole reason we got the other. There's there's a redundancy system. You can jump over to the other. And rarely does MixLR have any problems, but if it does, no, you got some backups, but you need to familiarize yourself with the website. And uh, you can download the shows, get the Podbean app. That's the easiest way to do it. Or go to our Podbean page, and you'll see about uh, 10 other ways that you can get the show. Amazon is one of them, Spotify, Google, Apple, etc. Don't forget we have two podcasts. The one you're listening to now, which is Season 13. And then we've got the Omega Man Reloaded, which is where I'm remastering. Painstaking process, but I'm going to do it. One show at a time. And uh, we're putting several new episodes up per week. If I get more interest, then maybe that will motivate me to do it on a daily basis. But I haven't heard a lot back yet, sadly. But I'm going to keep it going. And uh, we've got enough programs to put out there to keep you in fresh shows every day for the next 30 years. Do the math. 10,000, soon to be 10,500 live shows that we've done. I've been here for every one of them. Even if I were to play a show like I did from the late Win Worley, I was here. I had an intro on it, and uh, I'm here. These are live programs. I don't record them and then throw them in the archive and wait for people to hear them. I do them live, and then I put them in the archive. So I praise God for this opportunity we've had, and you can take advantage of it and get some great stuff and share it with a friend or friends. I'd love to see people. Advertise them every day, wherever you can. Email it to somebody. If you use Facebook, put it on Facebook. But Facebook's not the end all, by the way. Just one option. Twitter. Text them. Put it in your inst- your on your, uh, what do you call it, uh, telegram group. Anywhere you can. Help us get this word out. Okay. I'll be here if we get one person until the Lord tells me otherwise. So I'm not sweating over it, but just saying uh, you can help and make a big impact. And if you want to support the program, we do appreciate that. We live by faith. Sometimes I got $50 to my name in the account. The true story. But God meets my needs. And uh, we've got food on the table. We've got a rent paid. I'm not complaining. Praise God. And uh, I do believe that the Lord is going to allow me uh, very soon to open up a, um, a supplement business again. And then I'll be like, Lord... Anything comes in, I'm just going to put it in emissions and I'm going to live off my uh, business. I prefer it that way. But we uh, don't have that at present. And uh, we do survive by the free will and love offerings of people that uh, do support this program. Maybe like you tuning in. Um, I want to thank also those that stood with us for the Miracle Valley. We only took pledges, but we didn't uh, have enough to get the bid. God had another plan. And that's all right by me. Uh, that place is going to be rebuilt. He'll use the right people to do it. And uh, I don't think my job is done over here. I think I was trying to jump the gun. And uh, I was ready to pull the trigger and go to Arizona. But God has another plan, and I think that I'm supposed to do some work over here still yet. Uh, it may take me into uh, Saudi Arabia at some point. I'm hoping to get to the mountain of God at Jabal al-Luz in the future, maybe the next 12 months. I mentioned kind of take a trip. I haven't been on a plane in three years. We were not able to because of the lockdowns. And had I went out, I couldn't have gotten back in without the thing in the arm. And I'm not taking that. But right now the doors are open. And we're, we're praying that uh, 
they're going to stay open because I'd sure like to take a trip somewhere. And um, one of these days I'm going to go to Okinawa. Some of you may have heard me say this before, but I lived there for about a year as a child. I don't remember it. I've got some photographs of myself there with Mama-san holding me and sitting out there in the, I think it was called the South China Sea. When my dad was uh, stationed there during the, the war, during Nam. He was sent to Okinawa, so we lived there about a year. I think it was about a year and a half, or two years old. And uh, I want to get over there one day and see where I lived. I'm planning to do that, hop on an Air Asia flight. I want to go to Japan at some point. While I'm over there, I need to find me a Nintendo 64. <laughs> uh, I don't play games, but I wouldn't mind playing one in particular, 007 Goldeneye. But I need the old Nintendo 64 to do that. Hard to find some of those old machines. But I see them in the retro shops. Maybe have me some of those noodles from one of the vending machines, you know. Uh, I haven't been to Japan uh, other than probably through the airport as a child. So I want to do that one day. And there's a lot of place to see over here. And really, uh, beyond that, there's work to do. Uh, so uh, God is good. Find me on the web at omegamanradio.com. And how do you like these 8 p.m. shows now, folks? I woke up thought it was Sunday morning. I'd only been asleep about four and a half hours because we finished our show uh, earlier today. And then by the time I got to bed, I think it was about, what time was it? It was about 3.30. I know as I put my alarm clock on for seven my time, it said you have like four hours and 45 minutes. So you do the math on that. But I slept great though. I woke up, thought it was a weekend. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Oh boy, it's light outside. Did I miss my show? And I actually woke up three minutes before the alarm was supposed to go off. So it's all good. God had me covered, even if I hadn't woken up. And we got up and uh, had some breakfast, had some coffee here. Uh, I'm glad that I'm doing some 8 p.m. shows because I may have stayed up all all night long. And then I would be sleeping right now. My day would be shot because I would be tired. So... Uh, we're going to gear up and be doing them every day. Now, I'm doing two shows this week at Friday. We just did one. I mean, two shows at 8 p.m. We're going to do another one for Friday, and we're doing every Friday. I got those taken care of. Every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Evangelist Victor Mravlag will be bringing the word that we're going into the Demon Hotline. Now, I just got to fill up the next four. So, I've got um, Soul Bait coming back on in October. Got them locked in for an 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to get Hank back on, do a three-hour show when he's ready. And... Uh, I'm going to actively pursue the book 8 p.m.s. Additionally, we're on every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern till 1. So October 1, I'll be doing three shows in the morning and one at night. That's four shows a day, live, more than you can probably listen to. I'm going to load you up. And then um, we're going to be loading you up with the Omega Man Reloaded, which are new for most of you. Most of you have never heard those 10,000 shows. Maybe you've heard a couple thousand. You probably haven't been with me since 2010. Oh, my goodness. There are some surprises on those shows. In fact, I was uh, cutting one, restoring Brother Hank Groover's show. Found out I had another show on the tail end, so I just broke that off. It was Barry McAlpin with a great discussion with Peter Whiffen, Peter Johnson, myself. And I just released that as a uh, new episode. Because I like to have every show have its own episode. And some of those I did like combo shows. 
two or three in one. As I find them, I'm going to release them, the lost episode. And you'll see a little R next to it. That means restored. Restored. And then you'll see, of course, if you look in the show notes, the actual date it aired. But uh, that qualifies as its own episode. So, yeah, I found one. I just put it up there for you. It's exciting. Okay, I didn't even know about it until I went back and looked at the tape. I'm finding all kinds of cool stuff. So, what a treasure this is. And at some point, I'm not ready to do it because I've got to master uh, these first. I will be releasing a uh, hard drive. Uh, probably do the SanDisk Extreme Pro. They've got a 2 terabyte and be releasing all the episodes on a for purchase on a hard drive. You have to, of course, pay because uh, these hard drives are not free. And, uh, and that will be sometime down the road, but we're going to do it. Um, I, have at least, I have probably two terabytes right now. Pretty close. I was just looking last night, and they have a new four terabyte one. But I think I'm going to purchase a couple of those and uh, put all my stuff on it. And then if we receive the word go now somewhere I can grab it even if I had to leave my computer behind I've got my essentials on these little SanDisk Extreme portable hard drives grab and go there we are okay well God bless you all I'm going to get my day started here I'll get this up in the archive here in a few moments share this with a friend our website, again, OmegaManRadio.com. You can support it. we got PayPal, Zelly, Cash App, GoFundMe, Crypto. i got a mailing address we check about every 30 to 60 days. I call that slow boat to China method, but we do get our mail there. And uh, help where you can. God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen.